right, welcome to Journey to the Stage. I am Brian Frazier. And if you're like me and really enjoy discovering new music, then you're going to love our time together today. If you're looking for a way to support this podcast, please consider following or subscribing wherever you listen and giving a kind review. I'd be so grateful. This is episode number eight, and I'm excited to have as my guest, Sam Weber. Sam is a multi-instrumentalist, singer-songwriter, and has a brand new album out called Get Free that can be purchased on CD along with some merch at samwebermusic.ca or streamed on your platform of choice. Sam, thank you for joining me on Journey to the Stage. Hey, Brian. Thanks for having me. It's great to be here. I appreciate that. I'm grateful Sarah set up a pretty quick connection for us and very grateful to have you on. So you've got a brand new album that just came out and you're getting ready to jump on the road to support Get Free. So before we jump into the tour, the new album, let's take a look back in the rearview mirror a little bit and explore the path that you've taken that's kind of led up to this album. So you were born and raised in Canada, is that right? That's right. Yeah, I was born on um, in British Columbia, which is the westmost province, on Vancouver Island, which is a little island that's below the 49th parallel, it's kind of below the drawn border of U.S. and Canada for the most part. Yeah, I, I grew up north of capital city of B.C., Victoria, in a little town called North Saanich. Nice. B.C., that's the, the only part to Canada I have been. And it's be- I remember going there as a kid, and it was very, very beautiful. It's a favorite for sure. There's a lot of untouched wilderness there still, which is incredible. And yeah, we like it a lot up there. Awesome. Now, I read that you started playing guitar when you were 12. What prompted you to pick that up? I had uh, just musical family. I tried to take piano. I took piano lessons when I was like six, but I could never quite gel with reading music. I was never that good at reading music. And that was, I think that structure is like, is an important thing. It's good to have a structure for a little kid who's trying to learn something, but it just didn't, it didn't click for me. And then right. a few years later, I, I kind of found guitar through my own ways and it was very unstructured. It was very much using my ear and listening to songs on the radio and trying to play them. And the way a lot of people, I think, find their way into more contemporary styles of music, you know? Awesome. What were you listening to back in those days when you first started playing? Aero, like Aerosmith <laughs> and just, <laughs> class, just kind of classic rock stuff. You know, a lot of it with really like searing guitar solos and stuff. But I think I really liked was like the catharsis of just really great songwriting, like all those that classic rock songbook. You know, is is there's such great songs, very well written songs, and just you know, laden with all the trappings and theater of the eras of rock and roll and seventies, eighties music and all that. But at their core, all the songs that kind of make it into that space or are there for a reason, you know, they're just really beautifully written and you can play them on anything, you know? Yeah. That really was a, an exceptional period of music. I'm with you. I I grew up in that same era, those same great artists and bands, great songwriting and just fun. It was just really fun music. Did I read correctly that you were doing playing some music uh, within your family? Yeah. My, my brother, like, so he took piano lessons and was really good at it. Like his brain was wired for it. He stuck with it for years and years and did like conservatory piano and, and can still, and can play everything too. Like he, he's a great accompanist pianist right. or like musicals and, but he can play contemporary music and improvise. And he's just kind of a genius in that regard. Um, and then my dad was a, a drummer and then picked up the saxophone later in life. So we all played together at home quite a lot. How fun. And do you have scratch recordings, just, you know, tape recorder stuff? Do you have any of that preserved? Honestly, no. I mean, the best we probably have is like some vid- like just videos on iPhone and that kind of stuff, you know, or yeah. 
iPad videos and stuff. And I wish we, I mean, that's almost the way it goes. And I even knew it at the time. It's a, you all, I wish, I wish we'd recorded stuff more just to have it. I'm sure there is some stuff lying around, but yeah, it's such a lesson, you know, I hear but you. it's also good to just like move forward and not, you know, dwell on it. I think too, in the past, you know what I mean? Like I'm not the kind of person that has a box full of photos that I'll like sift through. I'll just, I'm just trying to be present every day and with yeah. what's happening. Cause there's so much amazing stuff going on now, you know? True. True. So how did you end up in the U S I was playing a festival on Vancouver Island, like in the wilderness. And this kid came up to me and was like, Hey, I really like your music. Like I'm from LA. And I, I was like, that's cool, man. And I gave him a CD. And then when I came through here, just on a trip with my friends later on, I was like, I like played an open mic and I posted about it on like, and at Pappy and Harriet's actually out in the desert. And I posted on Instagram that we was doing it and oh, not, he didn't come, but a couple of his friends came out. So I kind of like made friends and like, grew like a very small fan base of music students from this little group just from giving the cd to this kid and nice and years later i mean they're some of my closest friends and we play music together now so and they're going on tour with me so it's kind what? of that yeah. is awesome what a yeah. great story totally serendipitous and yeah you just it's so funny how you find your people you know well that's always the challenge right building an audience it always starts small right and then I know that's why you've spent so much time on the road. What What is touring life like for you? Touring life right now, I mean, it's so interesting to see. I think one of the things that's kind of been eroded in our society is just people talking to one another face-to-face who have different opinions or from different places. Like it's very, we're all kind of very contained in what we're experiencing via our devices and all that, I think. So touring is amazing because you get to go out in the world and play for all these different kinds of people and talk to all these different kinds of people. And, you know, you, you really do realize how much in common everyone has. And that's the main thing that I think about when I tour is like how lucky I am to get to experience all these different opinions and ways of life. And that's awesome. Well, I know when you produce something and you release it out into the world, sometimes you wonder, okay, is anybody listening? And if you are, who, who are you? And so yeah. I would imagine that's got to be gratifying to be out on the road and meet people who know your music and appreciate you as an artist. That's got to be really rewarding. Yeah, it's a trip. It never, it never ceases to humble you. You know, when people understand, like when people are familiar with your material and stuff, you that you that's mattered to you. It's like a very unique thing that happens. It's, it's the best feeling in the world. You know, that's awesome. And you released. Um, your album everything comes true is a kind of a way to honor your dad i know you've probably talked about that before but just you know what was what was that like for you because your dad had passed away and as someone whose dad died very young in life I, it really that resonated with me and it really touched me what was that like for you uh, recording that album it was kind of like i wrote and recorded it like throughout the process like i was quite lucky in that he passed away i mean take it as you want i mean but it was it was, I got a lot of time with them and we kind of got a lot of notice. So it was kind of like a lot of the material was written and then recorded. And then by the time it was released, he had passed away. And it was a heavy time. I mean, but also a beautiful time because I don't think, I think people, our relationship with death in society is very interesting in North America. And I think we see when sometimes we, in a beautiful way, it's really hard to see the impermanence of life and impermanence of a moment. And just to have an opportunity to reflect on, you know, someone's passing and mm-hmm. kind of see that process unfold to find ways, you know, in life to immortalize 
those people or for me in my case my dad i get to i get to go through every every day and see and contemplate like how he would react to certain situations or any lessons that he's taught me or just by watching him and his kindness and grace and all that it was a wild a wild ride well thank you for sharing that i i can see how that would be difficult and beautiful all at the same time now before we dig into get free if you look at your songwriting which is one of the things that really drew me to you is i i love the craft of songwriting and when i hear or when i discover an artist that is really what i would consider a good songwriter i'm immediately drawn to them if you were to look at some of your influences in your songwriting is there any artist songwriter that you point to and say yeah these guys have been influential you know it it, it tends to change like i'm I'm a massive fan of the classics, like the greats for, you know, for me, that means, you know, the Canadians, Neil Young, Joni Mitchell, Leonard Cohen, all those guys. And still like, I love their music and, and then finding just kind of watching their careers unfold, you kind of see their song process and their relationship with songwriting unfold. And that's been really, that's taught me a lot. Like, I think like you take Joni Mitchell, for example, like as her career kind of went on, her songwriting almost became less formal and, classical romantic and like conventional song style song craft and it became more like conversational and human like it almost like more more spontaneous more conversational and i think finding ways to incorporate that spontaneity and reaction into songwriting is something that's really inspired me there's a singer songwriter named mike viola that's down here he's a really great he worked at verve as an anr person but he's had a long storied incredible music career as well and, mm-hmm. and and continues to release some of my favorite records like and he's somebody that i've kind of watched close quarters like do that process of like he'll write a song in seconds you know like he's just he's so his improvisation process is so refined and there's a lot of warts sometimes on the result like he'll improvise something he'll sing something and play something and there'll be warts on it and it'll be kind of lopsided. But that channeling of something is really interesting. It's just how you can like that. It's almost like improvising of songs is something I'm really interested in right now. with songwriting. He sounds like an artist. I'll have to check out myself. <laughs> yeah, you got to hear. He put out a record called um, American Egypt, I think in 2018 or something. And it's one of my favorite records ever. I think it's just so, so good. And he's, you know, he's shepherded a lot of the artists down here that, we all really love like Maddie Cunningham and Dawes. And it's like one of these, he's like one of these Rick Rubin like figures that um, nice can, can kind of walk through all worlds like business and creation. And mm-hmm. um, I think that's really interesting. You know, people that can see that whole thing as an art form. Absolutely. Now get free is the title of your new album. You know, we're living in times that are extremely difficult for many people. And, and that's quite true for artists and musicians. Was it a challenge for you to to write and record this album in kind of the world we're living in today? I mean, the songwriting kind of occurred before any sort of pandemic stuff was happening. Like a lot of those songs were older, were by, you know, a few months. And the record was kind of planned for a different, had a different kind of destiny. It was, we were going to record it at a studio and, and then things kind of took a turn. With COVID, we had to kind of recalibrate and record at our apartment but yeah just like it's so funny because it really feels like those songs were written like a different era of mm-hmm. humanity because the COVID era is so 
fascinatingly just different than when they're written, but it's just, just still to like then write those songs at that point and then adapt them and channel them in a completely different time. It's like, I think different, different meaning kind of comes to them, I guess is what I'm trying to say is right. Right. You know, and uh, it was really, I mean, for us though, it was just like, we got together in the apartment and just, we hadn't, this was like super strict, like lockdown. We were, we, when we were doing it or starting to get into it and we had our pods or whatever. And we had Danny and then Mal and me. And it was just when we got to play music together, we had, we weren't seeing anybody. We weren't doing anything. So it was such a celebration. So it was almost like those songs were a conduit for just celebrating each other and playing music together. And that's kind of the sound of it. You know, I think that affected how the songs are felt later on. You know? What came out of that was, is really, really exceptional. The, the first single from the album is a really great song. It's the opening track. Let's take a listen to it and then we'll chat about it um, right after. My girl got engaged to some guy before she even knew my name. I've been trying to live my life out anyway. So I'm gonna spend the rest of my years shacking up with my regrets. Cause I didn't come out swinging like a real dead ringer on the chapel steps But it all comes to life How we feel I can't keep a secret, babe, but I'll make you a deal When it all comes to life Oh Your ex-wife's way more intersex now that you're not married to her I guess people change and love is strange I've learned It's real hard trying to tell the truth when you know you gotta hurt someone Feels like staring down the long cold barrel of a loaded gun And then it all comes to life How you feel I can't keep a secret babe but I'll make you a deal When it all comes to life Oh Wading through the bullshit every day really is the hardest thing. Damn it, if it hasn't given me some real swell lines to sing. The old cats tell me that a day will come, it'll all make sense And living my life like I always done will be a big expense When it all comes to light, how I feel I can't keep a secret, babe, but I'll make you a deal When it all comes to light Oh 
song i mean you can't listen to that song and sit still at least i couldn't it's it's fun melodically really cool lyric i was reading through the lyrics really really interesting but the production to me is such a blast what can you tell us about uh, that track well it was the first it was probably the only song we didn't record at our apartment and we were we began kind of recording it before the pandemic happened so but then we finished it kind of with the rest of the collection but it was Mal and me just sitting around two mics, just playing the guitar part. And then a kind of another theme throughout the course of the record was I got really, I, I, I'm really, I love playing the bass. So like, and like, just like, I love music that's reactionary. It's, it's hard to like explain to somebody that doesn't play music not that, and I know you, you do, right? Brian? I do. Yeah. yeah. Of course. And I mean, I imagine many of your listeners do as well, but like, it's really hard to capture like, a musical performance on recording that's fresh and all that, you know, and one of the windows into that world that I've kind of found is just any way you can promote like a reactionary for every song in this album. I think I played bass and sang at the same time, which wow. is like a weird thing, but it's like, it allowed me to kind of connect these two elements together and with like the, like the live take that we were doing mm -hmm. um, and in really an interesting way. So like all the like, it just it, it I think like the playfulness of that song comes from me just like playing bass and like I don't even know if I'd planned on keeping the bass performance, but just right. like really like playing and having fun with what I was doing as a distraction as a way to like distract myself between singing, you know, just to kind of keep having fun. So I think that's kind of where that the nature of that song comes from. And then and then we kind of built it up a little bit with everything else. But the song in itself was just I wrote it on um, on tour on one of like our, I think we were through going through the Southwest and we were in the RV at that time. Mm -hmm. And it just, it's just one of those ones that just kind of fell out of the sky and was done in 10 minutes, you know? That's awesome. I love that. And you are definitely much more talented than I am. I cannot play bass and sing at the same time. My singing sounds like I'm having a little bit of a seizure. <laughs> <laughs> just, it doesn't work. Like I could strum a guitar and sing all day. But you put me on a bass and yeah, those two things don't operate together for me for some strange reason. There's a cool guitar sound in that song. It, it's muffled, but it still sings out a little bit. How did you get that sound? Because that really kind of in a lot of ways identifies the sound of the song. It's such a, um, a foundation of it. How did you get that sound? A, a friend of mine in Los Angeles is this guy named Ruben Cox and he has this guitar store called Old Style Guitars and he's he's at this point he's perfected the art of like putting a piece of rubber on the bridge of a guitar and like oh. just intonating it and doing the whole thing to make it really work as a really effective and beautiful instrument so i think i was playing like a, a guitar that had a piece of rubber over the bridge and the strings sit on that rubber so when you strike the strings it, like the re it doesn't resonate it kind of just dies so that's the sound of that i think that is really, really interesting because, you know, a lot of times we, you can muffle the strings with, you know, the palm of your hand, your, your strumming hand, but it is a really unique sound. And, and I love the, the, the piano 
part that goes into I, I just it's really cool great layers i think the production i can tell you guys you took great care and created a really really fun song it, it's it's a definite standout song i was reading in the liner notes because and i noticed how many instruments you play on the album what, what all do you play i think i played a lot of it Mallory played a lot of it. Mallory co-produced the record with me. And I think like a lot of like the intricacy, the freshness of it is her kind of intuition manifesting. I like things that sound like jazz recordings, like mm-hmm. just people playing. And Mal was able to lend this other dimension to that with those overdubs and, and just her production sensibilities, which kind of took the record to a place it was, wasn't really headed otherwise, I think, especially had I recorded it. A, a big studio. Um, I, I played a bunch of stuff just because it was just the two of us bouncing back and forth. So one of us was hitting record and one of us was playing some. Another single from the album is Get Out of the Game. What's the backstory to that song? It's That's a really interesting lyric too. What's the story behind that song? It's kind of just about flirting with the idea of like quitting music as like a, as something to, that I depend on financially mm-hmm. to make my living. That's kind of what this, the lyric of the song explores is all, is all those kind of struggles and thoughts of, of doubt and all that. But I've been toying a lot with the idea recently, like I'd much rather, like I'm in a really great spot in my life and that like I'm really comfortable with the idea. My ego isn't attached to playing music as my source of income, like primary income as it used to be. Mm-hmm. You know, like I used to be very much like, well, I want, I got to make it, I got to make it. I think that has sort of devolved or evolved into like, I'm like happy doing lots of things. I'm happy, you know, working construction and I'm happy doing anything, like any honest work to mm-hmm. make a living. It's not a lot of people get it necessarily get it to be their work and their joy. If, if you have to try and make money with what, what you love doing, you're often at risk of compromising what you're doing. And I think I only want to do things that I don't have to compromise to make money. I can see where that would be really, really challenging and having a lot of friends in the music industry, so to speak. I, I know that that's, you're not alone in that struggle. Let's, let's give the song a listen and we'll talk about it a little more. Meet me on the desert sand Get out of this camper van I wanna get back to the land Back behind the wheel Too much sleep is a disgrace Stop for food and lift the pace If you're the queen and I'm the ace How we gonna deal? I told you once, I told you then You know you're my true best friend If we fall in love again Let's give our girl your name God help us if it happens soon So much time we've yet to lose To meet with our demise Or get out of the game Dip below the greater lakes Windy city cold or sick You get the weather off my face I wanna smile but in truth Duck on down the yellow storm, wild sage, the bison roam in rolling fog. The valley's grown a wild yellow hue. I told you once, I told you then, you know you're my true best friend. If we fall in love again, let's give our girl your name. 
God help us if it happens soon So much time we've yet to lose To meet with our demise Forget out of the game Get out of the game Somewhere down the line We made a promise that no pain Or money would change anything Emerald City shining gate Come from these days, here's to you, you're good to pay You always spot me cash Best that I be getting on Tank is full and the bites are on You're a big fish, I'm a prawn You're kind to let me splash I told you once, I told you then You know you're my true best friend If we fall in love again Let's give a girl your name God help us if it happens soon So much time we've yet to lose To meet with our demise And get out of the game Somewhere down the line We made a promise that no pain Or money would change anything Get out of the game Somewhere down the line We made a promise that no pain Or money would change anything Get out of the game Somewhere down the line We made a promise that no pain But money would change anything Well, that's a good song. What, what's clear to me as I listen through this album is that you're not trying to sound like anyone else, which to me is very refreshing. When I first listened to your new album, it didn't remind me of anybody in, in a sense that, you know, sometimes there are patterns that artists follow, the way they sing the song, the way they structure everything. And you are not trying to do that. You're really creating your own sound, but it's not so, it's not so different 
that it's not accessible. And that's, I think you have found a really good balance in your writing, which is to my ears is very, very refreshing. Well, thank you. I really appreciate it. I mean, I think, I don't know if I'd say I'm not trying to sound like anything. I think I'm comfortably trying to sound like a lot of things, knowing that I'll inevitably fail. If you want to sound like Neil Young, you should don't listen to Neil Young, listen to like Hank Williams. We don't end up sounding like our influence necessarily. We That's like, really interesting. It reminds me of something another great Canadian said, Getty Lee from Rush. He was talking about how when he was first starting, he was trying to sound like other bass players, John Entwistle and on and on. And so he said, you know, it's okay to try to sound like others because kind of like you said, you won't sound like them, but in your effort to replicate, you will find your own sound. And so I thought that was a really interesting. It's almost word for word what you just expressed. So you're in good company. <laughs> oh man, love Getty. He does sessions in Toronto. I've had friends that have like played on sessions where he's like played bass, which I just think is the coolest thing ever. Like oh, he probably has so much money and he's just like wants to hang out and play bass on sessions. How cool is that? You know. Now, another track that really stands out to me or actually two tracks that stand out to me on the, on the album is Already Know and Don't Cry For Me. Great, great songs. Uh, Don't Cry For Me really helps to expand. It, you'd mentioned jazz. There's a bit of a jazz vibe in there that I really like. There's some great piano work. And is that an upright bass that I hear in that song? On oh, Don't Cry For Me? Uh, it's No, it's just this. I have this like old janky hollow body um, electric bass that I play. Oh, Okay. But it sounds, it kind of sounds uprighty for an electric bass. And it it does. Like that, you know, like with that intention for sure. So, yeah. And it's got that cool muffled, muffled guitar in there with the rubber bridge. Really, really good song. Great, great song. That was a weird one because we like, we were looking for like a, some way to kind of expand on a bridge or something. And we found, I had my, I have my dad's iPad and there's some videos of him playing saxophone wow. on them. So I like, we pulled the audio out of it and i think he's playing a standard i don't remember what standard it is i always forget this but um, we just basically put that in to the song and it was in the right key kind of wow. so it was like this kind of that saxophone in the middle is like is that you know it's like this ipad recording you're like, kidding me yeah like we really tried to break all the rules that i had about just like purist recording music and trying to like get some creative creative stuff happening in that in those ways so yeah that's that's the trick for that one to have your dad on it how yeah. cool is that that is really really neat i love that that's right so as we come close to ending our time together you are getting ready to hit the road yes nice and it looks like you're going to be doing kind of like midwest you're going to be getting to east coast upper east coast a little bit you've uh, how are you feeling about getting out on the road i'm i'm just so thrilled like i mean i think we tend with our all the tours we've had over the last little while, we've, we've been very lucky in that we've kind of hit the troughs of COVID cases. And I'm stoked. I'm thinking it's going to go ahead. And I'm just so thrilled to get out and play music for people and just have that connection with people again. Just do some healing. I think after all this time, a lot of people are ready to get on and celebrate all the joyful things that we have to have in our lives. And um I'm just thrilled to get to play music for people. So it's going to be great. Excellent. And for everybody listening, you can get the latest updates and tour dates by visiting samwebermusic.ca. So Sam, um, tell us how can listeners, how can we best support you as an artist? Uh, come to shows. Send all your friends to shows, all your family to shows. 
that's the best way. I mean, merch too, of course, but, and buying records and all that, but it's just great to have people in the room and sharing music for people live. Well, and I read an article maybe a year ago and the headline was people that go to live concerts live longer. So I think that's really awesome. Of course, correlation doesn't equal causation, but so if you go enjoy Sam on the road, you'll, you'll live a longer life. So <laughs> it's a win-win. <laughs> Thank you, Ryan. That's true. I totally, I think that's an amazing statistic. I'd love yeah. to, I think I saw, I, thought, I saw that too, that headline and makes sense. It does. Know, it does. It does. Got to be out having some fun and live music. There's nothing like it. I, I I sit and listen to music all day long, but if I can be in front of the artist, you know, in front of the stage, what a thrill. So absolutely get out there, see Sam while he's on the road, check his website for the latest tour updates. So a few podcasts ago, I started ending my time with my the artist by asking one random question. Okay. So here is yours. Awesome. If you could play one character in one movie, who would it be and why? I've always been a big fan of setting in movies. I'm gonna go with Lawrence of Arabia. So playing T.S. Lawrence and Lawrence of Arabia because I'd get to wander around in the desert and there's a few scenes in that movie that are just so beautiful. So just get to hang out, hang out in the moonlit desert would be pretty cool. That's the first one that came to mind. If you let me think about it for longer, I'd probably come up with something like Iron Man or something. But um. <laughs> Well, that's why I don't let people know the question first, because we want what's raw. We want what's real. <laughs> you got it. Yeah, I get it. Totally. That's a great choice. I love that. It's, it's unconventional, which is very fitting because the way you write music and everything is not what others might expect. You, you have your own path. And I, I absolutely love that. Super high praise. Thank you so much. Yeah. Well, Sam, thank you so much for joining me today. I've, I've really enjoyed our chat and I am not surprised it was as thoughtful as it was by listening to your music. You, you strike me as a, a thoughtful person and it came across in our time together, but also very much so in your music. So I wish you the best of luck on your new album and out on the road. And thank you everybody for listening. And I'm looking forward to our next journey to the stage. That's a wrap. Yeah.